Kākariki karaka is the te reo Māori word for orange-fronted parakeet. And these birds once thrived on the Canterbury Plains but are now threatened. They are strikingly green and they have a playful call. lovely and someone who knows the call well is Vet Couch Lewis, uh, the Te Rūnanga o Ngā Tahu Kākariki Karaka Species Recovery Representative and she's been through the highs and lows of protecting this particular bird, this manu. Uh, Vet was in fact recognised in the 2021 Queen's Birthday Honours for her services to conservation and Māori and she joins us in our Christchurch studio. Tēnā koe. Tēnā koe, Jessie. Nice to talk to you. Thank you. Yeah, tell me about this beautiful bird, the Kahakariki Karaka. Ah, well, um, hearing um, its call uh, just then um, conjures up lots of emotions um, because this manu uh, was actually um, recorded as being extinct um, twice. Uh, so that call, um, you know, has not been had not been heard for quite a while, and um, it was found again, um, rediscovered, and here we are. So this manu, what what does it look like? It fits the fits in the palm of my hand when I hold one. The male is larger mm. than the female, but it sits nicely within uh, within my palm. It's a beautiful green, but the p- thing I like the most about it is that it has the blue um, tinge that goes through the tail and the blue that's on the outer sides of the wing. And when I'm out in the bush... Um, that is what I look for is that flight of, you know, because the the blue reminds you of, think of the sky, the early morning sky or a clean pool of water, Um, that blue tinge that's in there, that is what the blue of this manu has. It's call, yes, as you said, um, you know, is... um, you know, it's it's a cheeky, loud call, um, and yet, you know, it's quite close to its um, relation, the yellow crown. And um, so determining between the two can be, um, a, you know, from just the sound. So the difference is that the that this little manu has that on the on its crown it does have the yellow but across the top of its beak up to its eyes it meets up to the eyes is the orange um but what i love about it jesse is that down on its rump down its back and on each side of its um of the manu are these cheeky little orange feathers these little patches um and um to me, that's it's that blue flash of blue, and those little cheeky orange patches um, of the colour. Where do they live? 
Originally, beech forest right across, they breed um, and have their nests within the holes of the of the beach and and in the cowdies. So, um, but today, by the way, if people want to take a look, we've got a photo on our website of. Um, Although I have to say, Yvette's done a great job of descri- uh, describing these uh, birds, but uh, rnz.co.nz slash Jessie, you're quite a limited sort of range by the sounds of things. Oh, yes. Um, there, are, In terms of its range, that, you know, within the wild, when it was rediscovered, we only had, um, a, you know, a pair that were in the wild, and we started off with finding, um, you know, a number of birds. But I really don't like naming numbers because they are such a bird that can fluct- it fluctuates naturally yeah. and makes it really hard, um, you know, to really get a good anchor um, on this bird. But I'm, I'm really keen to hear about your your particular relationship with the bird. How did you get involved with Kākariki Karaka? Um, <clears throat> how did I get involved with um, with this manu? Actually, Jesse, it goes back to my mahi um, at um, at home um, at Rapaki within Fakadopo. Been working with um, an elder with, with the Opoku at the time, he talked to me about the degrading of our environment and the loss of our Tonga species and how much that meant to us and that whole relationship of who we are. And from there, I started to really look into our Tonga species, and at the time was settlement as well, the Naitahu settlement. And within there, there were um, a number of species um, that we considered that were critically endangered and that we were putting the effort into it. This bird, when it was rediscovered, because of settlement, they um, the relationship between Te Runanga or Naitahu and the Department of Conservation meant that they had to work together in the management of um, the recovery of this manu. And I put my name forward to be one of the representatives to be... Um, to be working in the space with the mm. Department of Conservation. And that was back in 2002, and I am still there um, working with this manu. I have been with it from coming back from the extinction and where the gene pool was so shallow, we had to try and find a way to bring that papa back in. papa has just driven me um, with this manu, um, wanting to know where they because... The manu started to bring it back. We had to take it into captivity and we had to start breeding in captivity and start to translocate them back out into sites to be able to start to, one, get the diversity across the whakapapa, the gene pool, or, and get those gemos right, and secondly, to start to build up a wild population again. Um, Is it? Do they respond well to being translocated? Some birds do more than others. Uh, I, I note these ones. Apparently, they take a while to sort of acclimatise to the forests when they're moved. Um, they, uh, one, you know, some of the, you know, the one of the learnings that we've had with this manu 
is how they adapt to translocation. And, you know, so there might be, to begin, not might be, when we first began, it was around looking at hard releases. Now we're into soft releases, which, um, and the difference between that is a hard release, they go into the bush in their box and then it's opened up and then they're let out. Whereas um, in a soft release, because they've been in a, in an aviary um, in captivity, we hold them in an aviary in the bush for a couple of days and climatise them to the bush before we actually open up the doors. Mm. Now, we had to learn, do a lot of learning within that space and also, too, looking at the sites in terms of where we would actually take this manu and release them because some sites are not good um, as others. They're prone to predator because they're in holes. They like to nest within their holes. They, you know, they're, they're totally open to predators, to rats, to stoats. Oh, you know, um, story, eh? yeah, it's that, it's that whole story. So we really look, and some of the mahi I do is work with the Department of Conservation where we go and look at different sites yeah. um, before we actually release. So some of the things we look for when we go to a site, we look at the habitat in terms of whether there is um, enough seed, the right type, like beach, they love the beach, at the Predominantly known B-E-C-H. for being in the beach. Yeah. Correct. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, not but correct. <laughs> yeah, I just realised that I could have come across. Yeah. Uh, uh, Yvette, we're almost out of time. Just um, last question What can people listening do? What do these manu need from us, from the rest of us? Look, I think the, the key thing for me is that this manu, it, it is a New Zealand bird. It, you know, it's known. Um, it was widespread in the South Island, as you said, in some places in the north. At currently, we are in that state of looking at prevention of extinction. We want to be our. We need support of New Zealanders wide to be able to support us to move this manu into recovery mode. The day that that happens and I'm able to hear that call that you put out once again fully and more importantly on the planes is the day that I know I've done my well, my job well for the generations of New Zealanders. What a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. Kia ora and thank you. Yvette Couch-Lewis talking specifically on the uh, Kā Kariki Karaka. <laughs>